This episode was recorded while everybody is in quarantine. Hopefully the quality isn't so terrible that you can't listen to it. Yeah, like Bodhi says, you get what you get. <laughs> Good luck. Welcome to Danger Dames, an expansive tale of adventures in the apocalypse. Test your mettle as you join three women surviving in the maelstrom. I think we left off, literally left off, with uh, everybody kind of stumbling back into the grove. And then you saying, you know, talking with Preen and Jolene, Jolene told you about where a doctor was. They're sort of traveling doctor. Right. And sent you on your way, right? That's correct. Yeah. What, how are you planning on getting there? So she tells you that uh, the last they heard, their sort of traveling doctor, who's named Visage, is, um, was headed up the sticks and out towards uh, Carlisle which is, I forget where I said it was last time, but I have a map in front of me and it is to sort of the southeast of the Grove, about a day's travel. Day's travel, um, yeah. by foot? By foot, yeah. If you, were to, if you were to head in a straight line there across these sort of like low hills, it'd be about a day's travel by foot. I'm trying to remember our ETA with, uh, we still have a couple days before Ula gets there, right? Yeah, and there hasn't been a, um, like, I don't think nobody's gone, like, scouting out to see exactly where they are. But, um, it, it, you know, nobody's pounding on war drums and marching towards the gates. So you you would guess a couple days. So a day there and a day back. Well, I guess I'm going to see if I can convince the ladies to give me a vehicle, try to cut down on that time. Sure. Um, we don't even necessarily need to, to play out all of that. I, I think probably considering that, that Preen has also been pretty severely injured, Jolene would be okay with that. And they'll give you a, um, it's a small, like, beat-up sedan that they have repaired. Um, they put some all-terrain tires on it, and, you know, the, the hood is gone. It's just, like, kind of the running engine. There's no windshield, but it works. Okay, well, then I am going to head in the direction that they uh, they gave me. Sure, yeah. So it's, it's all sort of low hills, kind of rocky terrain. And, you know, there are trees here, but like I think I said last time, they're, they're much more, um, they're much more normal trees. Like they're trees that we would see in the normal world. They're not supernaturally tall. Today is sort of, you, it's a kind of sunny day, but off to the uh, northwest of where you're headed, you can just kind of see the smoke rising out of the timbers from all of these like sort of scattered fires as the horde makes its way towards the grove. Um, yeah, it, it doesn't take you super long. It, it probably takes a, a, a few hours of travel kind of weaving in and out of these little hills before you see a, uh, a tall kind of wooden statue. It looks like a, a bearded man kind of suspended as an axe kind of thrown over his shoulder. Vines have grown up the statue and it's been adorned with lots of, um, it looks like kind of small, like little like effigies and candles and things like that just kind of going all the way down it. And you recognize the, uh, the tent city of Carlisle. Have you been to Carlisle before? Um... Yeah, I feel like in this area, I just kind of travel from place to place looking for work, if you will, and what and what people I can help. And so, sure. Yeah. Um, so things that you would know just automatically about Carlisle is that it is a uh, it's named after its uh, founder and continued leader. So um, currently, uh, the person in charge of Carlisle is Carlisle III. It's been a while probably since you've rolled into um Carlisle, but it's basically, a, it's almost like a tent city, essentially, that's settled underneath this big statue. There are a couple of old uh, concrete, like, 
bunkers that go down into the ground where like certain food stores and stuff, but most people live up on the top. It's, it's primarily um, a, a small settlement of mostly men who make their trade in like um, tracking and uh, like catching game animals and then skinning them and selling. As you kind of roll into town, there's not like guards at a gate or anything. Um, you sort of just like pull up on the outskirts of this like little encampment. Um, and what do you do? You see that there are kind of people milling about. Uh, it butts up against, it's kind of in the low part of a few of these hills and it butts up against uh, a small copse of trees that kind of spreads out behind it towards the sticks. You can actually, you could probably see the sort of edge of this kind of ravine from where you are. Like at Carla, you can probably see where the dip is down into the ravine. And, you know, several miles south of here is where the actual like on way is into the sticks. So I probably would uh, stop the car a little bit before reaching Carlisle proper, just so I'm not rolling up in a car. I don't know. That just seems threatening. So um, I'll not hide it, but park the car somewhere safe. And then sure. um, I'll walk into town and um, most likely go ahead and just head to like the first person who looks like they might know something and inquire after the healer. As you walk up, uh, you notice that probably since the last time you were here, like I said, all of these like little effigies and things have been added to the big statue. Um, it has lots of, it looks, some of them look like they're even maybe burning in like little pots or things that have been like nailed into this big wooden statue. And it maybe even looks like the base of the statue has been kind of painted since the last time you were here. It's not all the way up of it, but it looks like, you know, the bottom where there's sort of like boots. It looks like some of the uh, ivy and stuff has been cleared off and they started painting in. On the edge of town, there's mostly just these like small tents. They look like, you know, camping tents, you know, one or two people sleep in them. There are a couple of people standing around. You sort of just walk up to one of them sitting around like a little campfire and they have um, some like travel pot that's sort of stuck over a stick over the fire. It's a sort of bigger guy. He's got kind of a, a bushy beard that grows long. He's shaved head. He's wearing sort of like rags for clothing and he has, you know, like a little like pouch made out of skins, a dry, uh, like tanned leather hanging down to his side, and he sees you coming. What do you do? What do you say? I am in search of a healer. Do you know of one here in town? Yeah, he, uh, he, he sort of looks around, you know, seeing if anybody else is with you, and he says, ah, yeah, um, uh, uh, you must be talking about Visage then. Yes. Can you point me in her direction? Says, yeah, the visage is uh, off uh, that way. And he sort of just like points up the road towards the tower. I uh, heard he was spending some time with uh, Carlisle. I appreciate your help. Um, I feel like if I've been there before, I would have interacted with Carlisle, being the head honcho of this place. So I feel like I'd, I'd have a basic idea of where that's at. So I would head towards Carlisle. So as you get closer to the, uh, the base of the thing, you, you see kind of, there are a handful of shelled out foundations. So like just like concrete foundations that have been overgrown, but there's no standing structure anywhere. You know from being here before that uh, like the storage rooms, like basically all the important stuff is kept underground in these handful of bunkers. And you, you know, you sort of make your way to one of them and climb down like the hatch to the bunker is standing open. And as you make your way down, you, you hear, it sounds like, it's not quite like, nobody's like screaming, but it's definitely like kind of moans of pain. Like if somebody were, um, sedated but were not quite sedated enough you you climb down this ladder into a bottom level this is kind of a large bunker it's not a complex or anything but it's a few rooms immediately in front of you there's a, a another kind of 
larger guy. He's a bit scrawnier. He's not quite like bulky. He has a um, kind of short cropped uh, hair and a little bit of a beard, but not as like kind of bushy mountain man. He's, he's sitting in a small chair and it almost looks like, it looks like if somebody who had never seen a study before tried to make a study, they're like a handful of like wire racks and they have like different items and things like stacked on them as if they were books. But some of them are like old pieces of plastic or like toys and things that are like lined up in rows that kind of gather around the room. There's a small table in the middle and then he's like sitting in a chair, sort of leaned back and he, he sees you come in. You recognize this guy, but only vaguely. Like you're, he doesn't like, you know, you're not like, oh, I know who this is, but he looks really familiar to you. To your left, there's like, like a, a plastic, like a shower curtain, like a kind of shimmery, almost see-through plastic curtain that's been drawn over and the uh, like painful moaning is coming from the other side of that. And so this person I kind of recognize, but not recognize is not Carlisle. No, it's not, it's not uh, Carlisle that you, it's not Carlisle the third. Not Carlisle I know. Okay. Yeah. I am Snow. I am seeking assistance from a healer. He says, ah, yeah. Uh, oh, oh, yes. Uh, a visage then. He says, um, uh, I'm Carlisle the fourth. And he sort of extends his hand to you. And um, as he does, he says, you know, visage is, uh, well, currently she's uh, busy at attending to someone, uh, but she'll be available shortly, I'm, I'm sure. Why don't you uh, make a seat? And he kind of gestures, but the only chair is the chair he was sitting in. <laughs> but he gestures sort of to like the middle of the room where this table is. And... I'll le lean up against uh, my back to a wall so that I can see doors, like put myself in a strategic corner that, so I'm not like something can come up behind me kind of thing. He's, he uh, sits down in his chair and he says, so um, you must be a, a, a princess then. I am. Says, well, um, if you're a princess, then uh, who who are you seeking a doctor for? Some friends of mine have gotten hurt, and we need assistance healing. Uh, there's a bad group of people coming through the area, and they are devastating villages, and we are trying to protect them. He he grabs uh, he grabs a little like he opens a little tin. It looks like maybe a lunchbox or something, but all the paint has faded off. He opens it and he pulls out a small pipe and he uh, pulls out a little pouch of something that smells kind of kind of thick and um, spicy. And he starts packing the pipe with something and he says, ah, yes, I am. Um, I've seen something of this, I think. And he uh, he kind of lights the pipe and, and puts it in his mouth. Have you uh, made preparations to protect Carlisle from this horde? Says, ah, yes, well, um, under my tutelage, we have done much to protect Carlisle. And uh, he, he starts smoking from the pipe. He kind of points his hand out. He doesn't quite offer you anything, but he kind of points his hand out at the little tin. I don't, I just shake my head. Sure. <laughs> yeah, so uh, a few moments later, and you could ask him anything else you want, but a few moments later, the, uh, the moaning coming from the other room stops. And uh, he looks at you and he says, ah, she must be done. And uh, he kind of sets the pipe down on the table and stands up to walk over to the curtain. Who is it she was healing? Is all just um, one of the trackers. Uh, I believe his name was H, and he must have gotten hurt while uh, out in the field um, sometime recently. He, he's been laying in there for a few days, causing quite a ruckus. So we were very happy when Visage arrived. What happened to him? Oh, I don't know. Something about uh, a misfire, or, or perhaps somebody was being careless with their firearm. I'm sorry to hear about that. I'm sure he'll be fine. And uh, he pulls the 
curtain back and sort of gestures for you to step in. Okay, I step through. Yeah, um, so it's it's not an operating room by any stretch of the imagination, but there's a um, there's like a small kind of cot that's laid out, and it's like a folding cot that's laid out in the middle of the room. You see a man on it with uh, sort of the, basically just his like right foot has clearly been amputated and it's bound um, with bandages. He has uh, like an IV drip. It's sort of the baggage kind of laying on a table, but you can see he's just like kind of squirming a little bit. He's been strapped down to the table. Um, in front of you, there's a, a, a tall, slender woman. She has sort of like olivey skin. She, her face is covered with the, uh, like a, it looks like maybe just a bandana or some kind of wrap that's been studded and it's kind of clasped behind her head. She has her hair kind of pulled up and tied back. Even with the mask on, you can just see uh, like myriad scars just all over her face. Like lots of, some of them are sort of lighter. They look like, you know, like very visible sort of scarred tissue, but there's also like lots of like very, um, like hard to, to kind of see just sort of hidden in her skin scars. She's wearing like head to toe, these sort of like black leathers that are like pulled very tight and um, have like little studs that connect them together. Yeah, and there's a, she also has, there's a big bag. Like it looks like almost like a hiking bag, but oversized, it's like piled in the corner. Um, and then there's another table with instruments on it. And there's a bucket laying at the end of the thing, which you suspect probably contains this man's foot. I'm in need of your help. She, uh, she looks at you and then she looks at... Um, Carlisle the fourth somewhat nervously and she looks back at you and she says oh well um I'm afraid I probably can't help you I have a lot to do here I understand that there's help needed everywhere um I am Princess Snow and we are currently about to battle the thing that's causing most of this and your assistance would be greatly appreciated in helping that happen Jacob I'm Happy to do a seduce or manipulate if I need to. Um, you don't have to. So she, uh, again, she um, she looks at you and she's like, well, it's a pleasure to make your acquaintance, but I, uh, like I said, I don't think there's a lot I'm going to be able to do for you. And she sort of angles her eyes back at Carlisle again and then back at you. And um, she starts to sort of put her things, implements away in a little bag. As I said, there's a, a lot that's expected from me in this particular settlement. So it's, it's probably going to be a while before I can leave. I have a few people who are very valuable to possibly stopping all of this that need your help. I would be more than happy to get you back to here as quickly as possible, but I need your help now. At that, uh, Carlisle IV sort of, he takes a step forward into the room. He says, well, as um, she has said, I, I don't think that she'll be able to leave anytime soon. Uh, there are a lot of things that must be seen to in Carlisle. Is there anything I could help with in Carlisle in order to facilitate this? I mean, I am a princess. Just, uh, well, now that you mention it, um, there probably are some things you could help with. Says, why don't, uh, why don't we uh, leave Visage to her work and uh, you and I can talk of, of ways you could be of assistance? Outstanding. Carlisle turns to leave the room, and Visage kind of catches you with, um, like, kind of stares you, like, dead in the eyes before you turn to walk away, and, like, kind of locks eyes with you for a moment before turning back to what she was doing, kind of tidying up. Can I read a person? Yeah. So you're rolling plus sharp. Nine. Nine. Nice. So you get to ask one question. Or, yeah. 
Yeah, one question. Yeah, so that's, I guess, what what is she really feeling? Um, so she kind of locks eyes with you for a moment. You can tell that she's very tense. As Carlisle turns to leave, she sort of looks at him and she nods her head. And you can tell that she's like, you can tell that she, um, you, you realize at this point that the whole time he was in the room, she had a, a scalpel sort of clasped in her hand kind of right behind her back. Okay. All right, well, then I'm going to go off with Carlisle, I guess. Mm -hmm. <laughs> oh, goody. <laughs> so Carlisle sort of takes you, he walks out into the, you know, the bunker space, and he takes you up, uh, like, he climbs up the ladder. Um, he'll go first. As you come up, you realize it's probably about midday. In fact, no, actually, it's probably early morning, because you traveled, you know, presumably the night before it was late in the night. So you, it's probably early morning. And you notice that, like, as you come up, you see that there are probably, the whole town of Carlisle, town's probably a strong word, it's probably like 30 people. And it looks like just about all of them are currently gathered around this big um, statue with its axe, um, like clearing away ivy and painting it. It looks like there's probably at least like 25, you know, big bushy mountain men dudes cleaning up this uh, statue. What's with the statue? So that is um, our most holy heir of the axe. You guys planning a celebration or something? I see you cleaning them mm. up. He says, yes, you noticed that he, uh, he at some point, uh, while you were in the room talking or whatever, he must have slipped the pipe into his pocket. And so he, he takes it back out um, and, and begins to light it again. And he says, yes, it's um, there is some, some cause for celebration. <laughs> Man, a few words. I love it. Um, well, I always love a good shindig. What, what's the celebration for? He, he looks around kind of at the, the forest behind them and sort of the hills over to the uh, east into the north, or not east, the west into the north. And um, he, uh, he says, well, uh, it seems that some, some things will be changing and broadly soon. And uh, we have much to prepare for when the... Uh, Holy Axe returns. Oh, God. <laughs> okay, so um, are we still walking or have we stopped? Yeah, um, he, he sort of walked with you maybe out in front of the statue and then probably out, you know, four or five yards. You're kind of standing in the middle of some of these tents, some of the larger tents. Is there somewhere private we could go to discuss this? <clears throat> he says, you have nothing to worry about. Anything I would say to you? I can say to anyone from Carlisle. Uh, I'm gonna. Can I read him? Yeah, absolutely. I'll trust him. <laughs> After the last encounter with a bunch of men, I'm not exactly excited to get involved with a bunch of men. <laughs> I got a ten. Okay, nice. I think you get uh, three hold. Ooh. Okay. So, um, uh, what I guess, what does your character intend to do? Yeah, um, as as you ask him about a quiet, like a private place, he sort of takes a step to the side, and you see a couple of people um, with like bundles of wood uh, stacked under their arms come shuffling past, and he gestures at them. He says, "As part of the celebration, we prepare the great fire." Fuck! <laughs> I should have killed him while I was in that basement. <laughs> um, what does your character wish I'd do? Yeah, let me go with that one. Yeah, he says, um, we would be very happy if you stayed for the celebration. As always, we would invite you as an honored guest. 
When is the celebration expected to happen? Tonight, there will be a celebration. We shall light the fire and welcome the Holy Axe on his return. <laughs> um, what if I were to take Visage to my village and come back for the celebration this evening? Says, oh, well, as I said, I'm sure Visage will be much too busy to leave today. He looks you over, he says... Perhaps after the ceremony, you two of you could go. All right, then I'm going to use my third one is, how do I get your character to let me take her? He, mm, let me see. I've got people dying now. So uh, <laughs> he says, well, unfortunately for the ceremony, we will most certainly need someone with medical expertise. So if you or someone you know happens to be a healer, then perhaps Visage could go. <laughs> he sort of raises an eyebrow too. You mentioned leaving and coming back. And he says, well, what? how is it that you arrived at Carlisle? Then he takes a long drag off of his pipe. <laughs> I, I have my princess ways. He looks at you like, uh, he, 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 he's not buying it, but he looks at you and... Uh, he sort of looks back at the uh, the men there and he um, says, well, what is it you will do? If you will let me, I will take her to my village so that she can help my dying friends. And I will come back for your celebration and help in any way that I can. Sure. Um, <laughs> I don't want to do this. <laughs> says, well, certainly a um, skilled warrior such as yourself, a, a princess, would know something of, of how to treat some wounds. Perhaps if you stayed for the ceremony and Visage could travel back to your village. That would be fine if she knows where she needs to go. If you will let me go tell her, then I will be happy to, to do that. Yeah. Um, why don't you, now I think you're going to roll to seduce or manipulate someone. Okay. All right. So before we do that, yeah. So I think we already have established this stuff, but just to make it clear, you you want him to let you send Visage away, and your reasoning for him doing that, and granted, this, you don't have to stick to this, it's not like you're, but he will go along with you until you show him that you're not going to stick with it, is that you're going to stay, be present for the ceremony, right? That is, so my plan is to convince him that's what I'm going to do, but my plan is to, when I go to her, try to hightail the fuck out. Yeah, absolutely. But that's fine. As long as he believes what you're saying. So right. go for it. That's seduce. What is that? That is... Hot. Hot. So I got an 11. Nice. Yep. Yeah, so he's going to go along with you until some fact or action betrays the reason you gave them. He says, well, you know where this is. I have much to oversee for the ceremony. And he kind of tucks the pipe back into his pocket and um, starts to walk away towards the big statue. All right, well, then I'm going to head back to Visage. Yeah. So in the room, um, the guy, the, the guy's moaning has, has grown a lot louder. It sounds like the dude is in pain laying on the table. And you see that Visage is sort of packed up most of her things. And as you step in the room, you see that she has the mask is now removed and it's been tucked away somewhere. And she's also taken off. So part of her kind of like leather suit there are like little snaps for gloves that she's taken those off. So her forearms are revealed and you see that she has some like, kind of like, they look very like primitive. I forget what they call that, but where you like tap in tattoos, I forget what that's called. 
the, but she has some primitive tattooing and uh, she looks at you and she says, thank God. Uh, I really didn't think you were going to get it. She says, w w where is he? He's up preparing for whatever this horrible thing is that they're fixing to do. Yeah, she says, look, these people are fucking nuts. I don't know what happened since the last time I was here, like, but we got to get the fuck out of this place. Yeah, that was kind of my thought, too. I convinced him that I'm letting you go to my village and that I'm staying. But and I'm supposed to stay and you go and I'm supposed to be telling you where to go. But we're getting the fuck out of here. Pack up what you need. We got to sneak the fuck out of this as quickly as we can. Yeah. So um, she looks at you and she's like, all right. And she, uh, you see that she has a, I mean, really is. It's just a big fucking like hiking bag that she's like overstuffed with equipment and stuff. And so she sort of like throws that on her back. You get the sense that it's probably not going to be very fast moving or quiet. She's down with you to get the hell out of here. And uh, as you start to leave the bunker, she's like, so where are we going? Where are you from? Uh, we're heading to the Grove. Oh, fuck. Okay, and she starts uh, climbing the ladder. I'm assuming you go first. Yeah. And I'm explaining to her, hey, we've, I've got a car just hiding outside of town. We just need to get to it, and then we can peel wheels and get out of here. Sure. Um, so, yeah, what's your, give me your game plan. Uh, so I guess I'm going to come up out of the, out of the um, hole in the ground. Uh, I guess maybe read a situation. So that I can yeah, determine yeah, the best way to get out of town. <laughs> yeah, well, so let, let me clarify. So, um, yeah, so I, I do think, though, uh, this is to Chrissy, not so much to Snow. There is a window of opportunity before you read a situation where you can just say, hey, I'm going to try to sneak around the edge of town or whatever. Reading the situation okay. would be like, I, you walk up, I'm going to describe to you how this is a charge situation, and then you can read it to see what's going on. Does that make sense? Which is cool and dramatic. I just want you to know that you have the opportunity to not necessarily thrust yourself into. The okay, let's go for dramatic. I just rolled so a twelve. <laughs> as you climb up to the uh, the top of the um, ladder, you see that some of the men have started to like scale the statue and are like clearing the ivy off and have like buckets of paint trailing behind them and are are painting it as they go. You you notice now that it's like very like deep red, like a bloody red kind of paint that's going up the statue. Down on the ground, they have, like, gathered, they've already gathered a ton of wood just in the time it took Visage to, like, pack up her stuff. They've gathered up this, like, big pile of wood, and you see that a lot of them have, have various smoking implements and are, like, passing around this, like, big bag of something. It's that same kind of, like, sticky, uh, kind of sweet-smelling stuff that you smelled down there. You, yeah, so now you can roll your Rita situation. Okay, I got a 13. Nice. So I think you get three. Yep, three. Let's see. I guess first things first is where where is my best escape route out? Yeah. How how do I get past this without being seen, if that's possible? So you you see that um, there's probably about you don't know the exact number of people in Carlisle, but most of them appear to be gathered around this statue. It looks like the easiest way to get out of here would be to head uh, like northward a little bit into the woods, and then kind of like go around the town and then around to the bottom where you parked your car and head back out. Okay. You, you see that there's kind of an opening where the trees stuff. The, uh, the challenge there is that there's some like open ground between the back of Carlisle and this thing. And there are a whole bunch of people climbing all over the statue. So it's not impossible for someone to see you, but that seems like probably the clearest way. Your other option would be to head straight down through the middle of the camp. So straight through the middle of camp would put me like towards the statue, right? No, so the statue's kind of like right in front of you. You're down a little ways over here in these little bunkers that are sort of around it. 
if you went past the statue and up to the woods, you would have the cover of the tree line and stuff to kind of go around. The other option would be just to like barrel down through the middle of camp and try to get out to your car before then, which would definitely be the shorter route, but you don't know who's in camp who might still be around. Right. Okay. So what should I be on the lookout for? As you're, as you're sort of like watching, maybe even just kind of like peeking out of the uh, top of the bunker ladder, you see a, uh, a handful of um, like, there like a bunch of the woods being bundled in a pile and you see a, a couple of large stakes. They look like big, um, like a railroad ties. Like these huge stakes are being like drug out, like just by a couple of men carrying one at a time or like dragging them down and dropping them on the ground. Then you notice that there's like, they're been drenched in pitch and there are um, like bundles of like, it looks like maybe barbed wire have been stacked alongside them. Uh, so fastest route would be to go straight through town. They know what I've said so far is that I had to explain to her where we're located. And so, I mean, I'm going, I guess let me just, I'm going to go ahead and start walking through the middle of town as if, as if my intent is to put her on her way. I'm going to act with confidence, like nothing's wrong here. And just ignore them as though, you know, there's nothing to see here. <laughs> yeah. So you, you start walking down. No one particularly notices you at first. You, you probably make your way a little bit past where you were talking with Carlisle in the first place. Visage close behind you. When you hear um, someone shout, hey, Car Carlisle, Visage is leaving from uh, over by the tower and he says oh don't don't worry and he sort of like trots up behind you and he says ah snow um visage i take it you figured out where you're going i just have to show her one thing before she leaves just on the other side of the town and then i will be right back he sort of smiles at you knowingly and he kind of strokes he, he kind of like strokes his, his short beard for a second and he says i'm sure you will turns around and, and starts walking kind of back towards the uh, group of men. Why, yeah, so what, the two of you head out towards the car? Yeah, so no, not entirely. My plan is I'm going to get us to the other side so that we're distanced from these men. Mm -hmm. And then I'm going to light an arrow on fire and shoot it at those pitched things. Sure. That, um, yeah, I think it's possible. That would be a really far shot if you were out of distance because there are guys up on the thing. So you'd have to be really, really far away to be out of distance of them. But it's reasonable for you to stop, you know, at, at aiming distance and try to shoot an arrow at it. I'm going to, I guess, let, let me do it this way. Let me get her further to where the car is because she's slower than me. Explain to her where the car is. Tell her I'll be one minute and then I'll implement that. I basically want basically like a distraction, if you will. Like I want to set that shit on fire so that they have to scramble with that. Yeah. Uh, give me a do something under fire rule. <laughs> That's cool, right? Mm -hmm. Oh my god, please let this be a good roll. <laughs> uh, I got an 11. Nice. Four, no, 14. <laughs> yeah, so, so you, you, you creep back in along the uh, the perimeter of the camp, and you make your way sort of to, you know, where you're kind of in eye range of the, uh, the mask pit. It, it's probably been... The whole time, like leaving and coming back, it's probably been like 45 minutes or so, just like walking with visage or where the car is, you make your way back. By this point, you see that there are a lot of, they look like very crudely crafted, like almost like medieval weapons. There's like a bunch of like broad headed axes and some swords. They don't look super well made, but they're just like piled 
uh, nearby the fire. Um, you see a lot of the, the men have like kind of stripped off some of their shirts and um, have started like uh, drawing things on their chests. And you shoot a, an arrow um, into the like the pitch and, and things start to burn and, and people sort of start to panic and run around and shout. You see a couple of them run to this like pile of weapons. Most of them run to um, like get cloths and things to try to pat out the fire. What do you do? I tear ass back to the car. <laughs> sure. Um, when you get there, you see that, uh, well, let's do this. Here's how we're going to handle this. <laughs> yeah. Um, so you get there and you see that the, uh, like, Visage's stuff has been sort of piled into the back of the car. The car is running and she's sitting in the driver's seat. And it looks like, it, it literally looks like you probably caught her. Like, it looks like she's about to like pop the thing in gear and go. She was going to uh, leave me. As you, as you run up uh, on the car. Vicious sort of sees you, sort of with, uh, she seems a little shocked. She says, ah, uh, good timing. And um, yeah, as you climb in the car. I don't blame her. Like, I'm not mad at all. But yeah, I hit it. Let's go. So the two of you head back up the, uh, the terrain toward the <laughs> Jesus Christ, that was stressful. 